This is the Fantasy Road Show. Welcome in, everybody. This is the Fantasy Road Show. We are your hosts. My name is Ryan. You can find me on Twitter at Fantasy underscore Trucker. And this is Mike Coles. You can find him on Twitter at at Coles underscore Sports. Mike, how you doing today? I am good. We are live. Oh, shit. We are live, 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 live. Um, I am doing well. Uh, Very exciting episode. Our first guest. Uh, I think we're both, you know, excited to be tying the bow on Dynasty Rankings. And, you know, what what better guest, the host of uh, Fantasy Pros' Dynasty podcast, Scott Bogman. Um, Just the nicest guy ever. You can talk football to him forever. We uh, reached out. And he was more than happy to, um, you know, ha- have hop on a podcast with two guys who have are two weeks into making the podcast. Um, and it turns out he is friends and had a podcast back in the day with Sports Ethos own Dan Bespris. So um, kind of just full world, uh, you know, full circle type world thing. And it, it's really cool uh, to have him as our first guest. Yeah, absolutely. It was a great interview and a great conversation as a whole. Uh, we really got into our uh, the buy low and sell high guys and dynasty uh, and kind of the dynasty landscape as a whole. So um, pretty stoked for what's to come. Uh, and uh, everybody buckle up. Buckle up, baby. All right, everybody. We have a special guest today on the Fantasy Roadshow. First we guest, the, first guest. Our first guest ever. So big deal here. Um, we have the host of the Fantasy Pros Dynasty podcast with Pat Fitzmorris, owner of InThisLeague.com, where he covers multiple fantasy sports. And one of, I, I would consider, one of the most trusted people in fantasy sports podcasts, the one and only Scott Bogman. Man, the most trusted. I don't know if I agree with that. <laughs> Uh, but I, but I am one of them. I have the most exposure. I'm on a lot of stuff. So, uh, thank you guys for having me and, uh, yeah, tell, tell Dan, I said, hi, Yeah. uh, but, uh, appreciate you guys having me on first guest. I feel first, honored, guys. first thank guest. You. Yeah. I was going to give a brief, uh, like background of how we connected and how everything kind of came about and then just kind of get into your brief personal history, uh, where you're from your, your loyalty to, uh, which teams both professionally college uh, and just kind of get into it from there. But um, yeah, we, we've, we're two and a half weeks old podcast and uh, have yet to have a guest. We were kind of hammering through our dynasty rankings, which turns out works really well. Having you as our first dynasty, uh, our first guest kind of tying that bow on dynasty, having you on talking dynasty. We'll get into buy sells later, but uh, we just engaged on Twitter and I, you know, just did the classic uh, direct message kind of giving you yeah. a, and, and you were very kind enough to respond. Uh, Dan, Dan Bespris, he's uh, he's kind of our, uh, you know, mentor over at Sports Ethos. And he mentioned that you guys you guys are close. He actually uh, even referred to you as the closest person in this industry uh, that, <laughs> that, that that he that he's got. So uh, appreciate it. Appreciate it again. And uh, yeah, looking forward to getting into it with you. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Dan and I 
Uh, and Jonas Nader did a uh, fantasy basketball bot podcast on ITL for a while called The Big Three. We called it The Real Big Three as opposed nice. to The League, <laughs> The Big Three. So we did that for a couple seasons and, uh, you know, just once a week met up to, to talk some basketball and all that stuff. Uh, since then, I have kind of fallen off from basketball with more and more football and baseball responsibilities over at Fantasy Pros plus all of our stuff over in this league that we do. And um, I'm on CFB Winning Edge. So just at Bogdan Sports, you can find all my my stuff. So like I said, thank you guys for having me and like uh, honored to be a first guest on here. So uh, this is going to be a fun one. Yeah, first guess. It's funny how that all ties together. You guys have that pod long ago. He, they just brought us in to kind of take over the fantasy NFL today. Uh, and now here you are, um, you know, as the first guest. But why don't you give us a background where you're from, uh, your sports loyalty, and uh, we'll kind of go from there, man. Sure. Yeah. So I uh, was born in Houston. My uh, mom is, you know, native, lived in Houston for most of her life. My dad is from Pittsburgh. And his whole side of the family is from Pittsburgh. So I am a Steelers fan. I mean, you know, maybe I would have liked the Oilers, but they moved when I was like eight or whatever. So, uh, but uh, grew up loving the Steelers, uh, not really liking the Oilers, the Oilers move. And then um, I moved to Arizona and I lived there for 27 years um, for a while. Just recently in 2021, I moved back to, uh, you know, Houston, Texas, a little bit north of Houston. But uh, that makes me a Steelers fan. For college, I'm a Longhorns fan. My half my family's Aggies, half are Longhorns, uh, so we're on the Longhorns side. And then uh, Diamondbacks for um, you know living in Arizona, and Houston Rockets for you know being from Houston. I actually literally moved uh, two days after the Rockets won their first uh, championship oh, against wow. the Knicks in seven games. Wow. So uh, we went from we were packing up our house. We went from the big TV in the living room to a smaller TV in my mom's room. We watched games like three and four. And the last three games were on like a little black and white breakfast nook TV that we had in the dining room. So I was watching game three in the wow. OJ Bronco chase or whatever on that little black and white screen must have been um, grueling. when I was, yeah, yeah, when I was like 10. Well, it wasn't because I held it up to my face. <laughs> yeah. So it looked like a big screen. So I oh. was okay. Well, I, uh, I moved away from Houston. I, I lived there for three years after college. Uh, went, oh, yeah. went to LSU, lived in Houston for a few years and left like a few days before Hurricane Harvey. Yeah, it's a good uh, time to leave. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and I recently just moved, I'd say two weeks ago um, to Austin, Texas. So there's. Uh, oh, there we go. I definitely. Okay. Yeah, I'm definitely up there. There you go. <laughs> I, I, I lean Longhorns uh, much over Aggies myself. Um, you know, and I'm tries to have a rivalry with LSU, but haven't been too much of rivals to this point, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> see what happens there. So Steelers, huh? Um, yeah, I think, I, I think one thing we'd like to do with our guests is kind of get a, a quick thoughts, breakdown, fantasy breakdown of the Steelers. So just briefly give us what, what are you looking at this year? Um, with the Pittsburgh. Uh, yeah. Realistic. I, expectations. I'm looking. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking for the Steelers to run the ball a lot. I mean, they spent a bunch of money on the offensive line, uh, spent their first round pick on the offensive line, added Darnell Washington on that line as well. And Matt Canada is boring as hell. I mean, he is the most vanilla offense. He wasn't letting Pickett audible because he was a rookie. And, you know, it was short passes over the middle to Fermuth and Deontay. 
maybe a couple pot shots down the field to Pickens and hand the ball to Warren and Najee as much as possible. So, you know, uh, I think it's going to be a lot of the same boring stuff. I think Najee's going to get a lot of carries. I think, you know, Pickens is going to be hit or miss. Uh, I think Deontay should improve from zero touchdowns last year to at least a couple. He had two two point conversion catches as well and no touchdowns. It's just a freak thing to happen to him. Uh, I don't expect Darnell Washington to eat into Pat Fairmouth too much, uh, but I do expect him to be on the field on rundowns and third and shorts and goal line scenarios, stuff like that. So maybe he can produce as a goal line guy or something like that. But uh, in terms of the offense, it's going to be pretty boring. I'm an IDP guy myself, so I like uh, the Steelers for way more. You know, uh, TJ Watt, Alex Highsmith, Minka Fitzpatrick, uh, Cole Holcomb moving in there. Uh, so obviously Cam Hayward, the captain. So, uh, yeah, I, I like the IDP stuff is better, but I know a lot of people don't like IDP, <laughs> so I won't, I won't bore everybody with that. Uh, but yeah, the Steelers, it's going to be Najee. I, I think it's a lot of the same values as last year. Hopefully Pickett is better. Yeah. Here's a, here's a funny, uh, fact about the, uh, relationship between Ryan, myself and kind of, uh, I guess you could call it the first bet we've made in this podcast against one another um, mm-hmm. is Ryan said that the Steelers wouldn't win the division for 10 years. <laughs> so that's last, the worst bet you could ever make. Yeah, you said. know, that's what I said. Hey, I, are you a Ravens fan or something? No, What's no I was looking at it like um, when, when Pickett came in and I saw what he did last year, looking at the rest of that division with Deshaun Watson, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson. I just don't see any reality at which unless they can figure out another another quarterback, because I just don't think Pickett can compete with those guys. And I just don't think I don't see them winning the division for a long time. So it was a little okay, egregious. But, but even if Pickett, but even if Pickett can't compete, they will get rid of him and draft someone yeah. else or sign someone else. A decade, yeah, is a long I, time. I, and Tomlin has never had a losing record. Right. That. So that's what I said. I was like, Tomlin's never had a losing record. It's just yeah. inevitable. Teams go through waves. Like, yeah, Burrow, uh, Lamar, Deshaun. They can they can have like great seasons over the next five years, whatever. 10 years is such an insane span. Um, so I'm feeling, I mean, Burrow is a big argument uh, against Pittsburgh winning division yeah. because Burrow is great. But I mean, remember Tom Brady busted his shit for a year and it was gone. So like yeah. every quarterback can't get hurt. It's yeah. not an impossibility. It's football. Like so, somebody's going to get hurt. So, I mean, you just, I, I wouldn't bet against any team winning the division right. for a decade it in was, the NFL because the NFL is not for long. It was one That's of those bold for. predictions that I was like, ooh, I can strike here and get something yeah, out. You know, <laughs> it, was, it was more so yeah, I just said it. It was an egregious that statement. That sounds like a drunk bet. Yeah. 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 He, you know, he called me out on it, and I was like, you know what? I'll stand by it. Uh, it's, yeah. I'll, I'll okay. take it. Yeah. I mean, I, I had a bet like that uh, with a listener. It was 100 bucks that Patrick Mahomes would never make the Pro Bowl. And so I got uh, I got paid on that you know, two years in. Yeah. So, uh, a pretty easy bet for me. So, you know, I mean, just saying anybody can't do anything for a decade yeah. is, uh, is my, I, I heard Steelers and like, especially how good they've been historically and Tomlin's obviously still there. Who's been great. So I heard Steelers. I was like, Oh man, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta let it rip on that. Yeah. I mean, put this on, on the Sean record. Watson. Yeah. yeah. The, the Browns are the Browns, man. Like, you know, I, I respect what they're building and they have been doing much, much better. And, you know, look, they push the chips in on Deshaun Watson. But, I mean, there's a possibility that Deshaun Watson is not what he was ever again. 
And there's a possibility that there's more stuff that crops up with Sean Watson because I don't think that's over with either. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I, uh, you know, uh, so the Browns, okay. The Ravens, I mean, Lamar, Lamar is not going to last forever. Is Todd Mocking going to make them better? How long is Harbaugh there? That, that, that's a question there. Uh, but I mean, Joe Burrow is going to be a tough out for a long time. The Bengals are good. And Zach Taylor's a good coach. So, um, yeah. Finally, was starting to starting to respect the Bengals a little bit now. Uh, although, you know, uh, as a Steelers fan, I can't have too much respect. <laughs> yeah. I hate Mont- Montez Perfect, stupid guts, well, and I will always hate Montez Perfect. Yeah, that's. I mean, <clears throat> made um, Antonio Brown insane. Yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah, that's rough. fully on board with that with that take. Um, so, give <laughs> us a little bit of background of fantasy sports, how you got involved. Um, you know how you. Uh, how how your involvement evolved uh, to where you're at today. Yeah, sure. So I started playing uh, fantasy baseball was my first sport, and I played on MSNBC on like the salary cap game when I was like 13 years old. I had to like use my allowance to buy uh, the entry, and then it was like $5 per player move from the bench to the starting lineup and $10 to buy a new player. So I was cutting lawns and stuff like trying to get money to get Mark McGuire on my team. We started hitting homers and stuff and you know, uh, stuff like that. So that was, I did that for a year. I got my standings in the mail and I was like, highlight them because they were roto and and stuff like that. So that's, I've been playing for a while. Um, my first step into football, I think was just a regular like ESPN league or two. I did that for a couple of years. And then I found a website that is no longer with us. RIP, uh, EF sports. And, this was my first step into dynasty football and it was too big of a step. I should not have done it. I was like 16 or 17 and you get, um, a full 53 man roster. You have eight practice squad guys. You have offensive linemen. They invented a algorithm to score for them, which was based on like how many sacks they allowed. Plus the yardage for the offense and the scores and the snap percentage. They were on the field, all the stuff. Um, yeah, dude, totally too complicated. A big IDP. You had to have corners and middle linebackers, defensive end, defensive tackle safeties, punters had scoring and the turnovers would multiply. So it was minus four and it would double every single time. I won a game without a starting quarterback because (laughs) I had, I played against Ty Detmer when he threw seven picks. Oh, my God. I had a quarterback that didn't play. Homie played Ty Detmer. He had seven interceptions. He had negative 100-something points. So I ended up winning that game even without a QB just because Ty Detmer was so bad. So um, that was an insane league. I did that one for about a decade. The website folded. I was out a little bit before it folded. But I've done, you know, Dynasty for a little bit. But uh, the Welsh and I, you know, we talked fantasy sports all the time we've known each other since middle school so uh what we basically did was record our phone conversations that we would have when we were talking about you know whoever which is probably uh similar to what you guys are doing you know you just take your phone conversations and stick a microphone in your face and say all right let's make it a little more pointed and more a little more directional and a little more advice and that's what we're doing now we started in 2014 have had our patreon ever since then and it's grown and and grown and uh that's where we get to the point now where i'm working at fantasy pros and a couple other places and uh guess guest spotting here with you boys love it well first thing i want to say that's a that's a big brain move being 13 and understanding salary caps and <laughs> yeah that's, oh, that's i did not understand it i mean i played it i didn't get yeah. it i de- i was definitely in like 
10th place out of 15 people uh, the two years I did the salary cap nonsense. But also, like, I didn't have enough money to, to win that league. You had to make weekly moves, and I was too broke, uh, you know, uh, that young to be making any of those moves. I, I didn't really get it. I just loved baseball yeah. and wanted to play, especially uh, the, I think that was 96, 97. It was the year before the Diamondbacks started in 98, which is what I wanted to get. I wanted to get a foot in before the D-backs started. Yeah, absolutely. So what's what was the like focus on Dynasty? Was Did that just kind of organically happen, or do you prefer Dynasty over redraft, over best ball? What's that? Um, how does that work? Um. I think is dynasty is just a different mindset. So um, I enjoyed it because I mean, I was like 16 or 17 and every other guy that I was playing in this league with was like 40, you know? So I, it was just like, you know, uh, I like all, all the aspects and being a Steelers fan and growing up with Cordell Stewart and Neil O'Donnell as my quarterbacks made me love the defensive side. So I was like, why are we doing team defenses? Like they don't do that in baseball. Yeah. It would be insulting to ask baseball fantasy people to draft a pitching staff, you know, instead of uh, just individual pitchers. So I never understood team defense is why I like IDP. And I just like the, you know, especially back then, now that I have too many leagues, maybe less so, but I love the overly complicated stuff where you can add draft picks into a deal and you're not just looking at this season. So if you draft a team, you don't have to burn it after this season it's not all dead so yeah. i kind of like the long-term work as well i like less complicated now that i have so many leagues but you know a complicated one's always fun as well so uh get into the weeds and all that stuff and the offensive linemen and putters i know people roll their eyes but i mean those are big they're big parts of the the game yeah. offensive linemen and, and kickers and punters absolutely so, you know i i I, I feel like I would rather have everything than only have some of it. So that's why I enjoyed that kind of stuff. But I doubt I doubt many providers are going to have offensive linemen scoring. They all think it's just pancake blocks pancakes. And stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, uh, that not that that ain't going to work. You just draft the biggest guys on the field for that. So, yeah, Ryan, he just recently changed his league that he's man. He's commissioned for, I don't know, 15 years for us. He just switched over to Dynasty last season, and that was kind of our first introduction and I love it because I like playing GM, right? Like some of those, yeah. some of those redraft leagues can get stale, no one trades, and it's just kind of like, all right, what are we doing here? I love the the GM approach, um, you know, buying, selling at deadlines, constantly getting better one way or another. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree. That's the, that's the mindset that that I have as well there. Yeah, the the league was a little reluctant to transfer to a dynasty league, but uh, I think uh, after last year being our first year, people are kind of coming along nicely. But we had, I mean, you'll laugh at this. Our 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 startup draft had zero trades in it, zero. <laughs> and I would, well, you know, I think people just weren't, you know, it was we decided maybe a couple weeks prior to that, so people didn't really have time to get ready and prepare. But I, I think it's it's moving along nicely now. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's inexperience. Yeah. You know, I feel like uh, you guys will have trades during every single draft that you do from now on. Yeah. And that's just the the way it'll be. And I'm sure you've already had the if you have you guys already done your rookie draft. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I you'll appreciate this. I think <laughs> I, I imagine you're a big Bijan guy. Oh, uh, yeah. I, 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 oh, I would yeah. argue that yourself and myself are probably the two of the biggest Bijan guys then because <laughs> yep. I drafted during the season I had drafted Kamara 
or I had traded Kamara for another first. So I had mm-hmm. basically Gibbs and JSN that like four or five in the, in the first yeah. round traded both of those and a 24 first for Bijan. So essentially it was just <laughs> like, I don't care what I'm giving up. Give me Bijan. Uh, so I yeah. traded three, three first for Bijan. Um, and then again, I got pretty aggressive and traded up for Dalton Kincaid. Um, so you might, it, you might have me. I, I love Bijan. I actually know Bijan's uncle uh, really? too. Wow. Uh, is, is like a friend of a friend. So, uh, he's, he's a good dude though. But, uh, look, I don't think I would have given up that 24 <laughs> first and I don't think I would have moved to a city to I, stock him. Either. I told so, him yeah. you might like Bijan more than me. I told yeah. him he was giving up too much, but he's like, you know what? I got to do it. I I'm going to, you know. He, he yeah hey, you know get your guy that, that that's what i always say maybe it looks silly maybe you overpay but you're gonna enjoy that team now yeah so much more because you have your guy and the first f in fantasy is fun man the, that like we all started playing this yeah because it's fun you want to be competitive you want to have uh you know uh you want to have a good league going you want to talk smack to your buddies but the first thing is fun and you know, if you draft a bunch of players that you hate watching or on the team that you hate watching the most, I'm not out there drafting a bunch of Ravens. Yeah. Although I was, you know, I am a big Lamar guy, but I'm not out there drafting it. I hate Bateman. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Yeah. You know, but but, uh, you know, I don't I don't want to, you know, try to cheer for guys that I don't like, which is probably why I never rostered Adrian Peterson, uh, you know, yeah. uh, but, uh, you know, I, I mean, the these it's it's supposed to be fun first yeah. that's why we came to play initially Definitely. so yeah not, that was not forget that when, when we're when we're doing trades and stuff like that yeah fun first when i said when i said that when Bijan's putting up lt numbers i'm just yeah. going to be having so much fun and it's going to be worth you know the haul i gave up so you know if that's what it, yeah. that's what it takes that's what it's going to take but let's yes, get, enjoy marshall falk 2.0 yeah you're gonna be fun. yeah exactly <laughs> so. But let's get into buy sell. Um, we each prepared a little a, sh- a short list of uh, players to buy sell. Let's talk through those guys. Boggs, we'll head it. To, we'll hand it over to you first. Um, give us uh, your first your quarterback buy sell option. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to try to stay positive here, uh, for the most part. Uh, I'll I'll buy Daniel Jones and uh, Danny Dollars. No, no longer Danny Dimes mm, now after I he like got it. paid here, go. right? Uh, but but. Uh, the, the marker for me is 700 rushing yards last year, guys. And if you look at it, there were a bunch of quarterbacks with 700 rushing yards. Fields had 1,143. Josh Allen had 776. Lamar had 764. And he was hurt for a big chunk of the season. Hertz had 760. And Danny Dimes had 708. And if you look over the last couple of years, in 2021, Hertz, Lamar, and Allen were all just over 700. In 2020, Lamar and Kyler were over 700. Lamar was the only guy in 2019. In 2018, there were no quarterbacks that had 700 rushing yards. And Cam was over 700 in 2017. And the one thing that these guys all have in common is that they average well over 20 points per game. And Danny Dimes did that last year. He was barely over 20 points per game uh, in terms of QB scoring, at least in you know the scoring uh, that, that I did and I was comparing these guys with. Um, but he doesn't have any good wide receivers yet either. You know, this is all just like 
him running RPOs off of Saquon, which, you know, if Saquon holds out, maybe I'll back off this a little bit here, but I'm assuming they'll get something done with Saquon before the season and he'll be on the field and they'll be running RPOs and uh, they, you know, traded for Waller. They drafted a, a guy that I really like out of Tennessee um, named Jalen Hyatt. So I think as the wide receivers improve and Danny Dimes is a hard worker. You saw him, yeah. you know, right after the everybody celebrating on the plane after they uh, beat the Vikings and he's in his playbook, you know, he, he's looking at stuff. So he's a grinder. He's a hard worker and they haven't, you know, surrounded him with a bunch of talent. I think if you took Daniel Jones, and you dropped him in San Francisco, he would be a QB one and no one would bat an eye because he'd have CMC to run those RPOs with. He would have. Ayuk and Kittle and Debo. Oh my, like it would just be incredible, but because he has Isaiah Hodgins and Paris Campbell to throw to, uh, and the only good player next to him is Saquon. The only above average player I should say is Saquon. People kind of ignore him. So I'm, I'm on board with Danny dimes. And I think the, the passing is going to improve. And we know he has a high floor, uh, with that 700 rushing yards last year. And it's just not done a lot, and everyone that has done it since 2017 has averaged over 20 points per game, and I think that's a pretty good marker to have. Yeah, the uh, the coaching staff came out over uh, the offseason and said that those design runs are not going anywhere either. Um, Why would they? Yeah. That was the first year with them. Yeah, yeah. bread and butter. Uh, so, yeah, Brian, Brian Dayball, I mean, he's the guy that, you know, Josh Allen this is the same offense that Josh Allen is in, and we know how valuable he is. I don't think Danny Dines is Josh Allen, <laughs> but I think he's better than he's given credit for. Yeah, you're not going to hear us debate you on that. We're both Danny Dimes <laughs> guys, Dan Danny Dallas, as you alluded to. So, uh, you know, I think we both uh, we both definitely agree with that take, and you did a great job of breaking it down. Um, so, who do you got? Who do you got at running back? Uh, for running back, I'm going to buy my boy Najee, and I've already kind of broken this down when you asked me about the Steelers. But, uh, you know, if you look at last year, and this is why, you know, my buddy Debro over at, at Fantasy Pros, he loves Jalen Warren, so he doesn't like Najee. And then Mark Cavalli, you know, the Steelers beat writer from The Athletic comes on and says, they can't keep Jalen Warren off the field. He's too good. Uh, yeah, they can't. Uh, because Najee was a first-round pick, and Najee looked way better. This dude, he had a Liz Franck injury from day one in camp. That clearly affected him for most of the season. I mean, he was not the same guy that he was. But if you break this down into pre-bye week, he averaged 14.3 points per game after the bye week, which would have made him an RB1. He would have been RB8 overall in half-point PPR versus where he ended up at RB19 if he was just in that last eight weeks of the season, uh, eight games of the season after their week nine bye last year. And you saw some big games from him, and he didn't go under uh, double-digit scoring, I think, in any of those games. Either maybe one, he was like 9.6, but everything else is like, you know, he had a 28, he had an 11, a couple 14, 17, 16. Like, he was the guy that they the Steelers drafted in the first round. So you take that from the uh, back end of last season, and then you say, okay, well, they improved the offensive line. They added two guards and drafted a tackle. They added Darnell Washington, the best blocking tight end in the draft. And they didn't get rid of stupid Matt Canada, who's not going to throw the ball that much. They're going to run a bunch. I think there's enough uh, on the plate here for Harris and Warren to be valuable. But I'm really high on Najee. Definitely a homer pick. I completely understand that. But I'm watching this team more than most people are. So I also know the team right. better. And I think I think Najee's going to go crazy this year. 
Yeah, yeah you seem to I, have the inside scoop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, 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 so I like, I always find it interesting on how players over the course of seasons can become by like these by type players for you. For yeah. like, I've never had Najee on a team, admittedly, the last couple of years. Um, and then this year you're starting to see him on underdog best ball. I just am starting to like that, you know, third, late third round Najee pick, um, it's become pretty attractive. Um, I love Najee. I I think, I think he's going to outperform, uh, expectations by a wide margin this year. Yeah, I can agree with you there. Ryan, why don't you go to quarterback running back, um, before we, uh, before we head over to pass catchers. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm buying low on someone who had a, a rough season last year, uh, Russell Wilson. Um, I just believe in him as a player. You know, he, what he's the majority of his career has been a top 10 quarterback. And I just think you're going to see a lot of positive regression from him this year. Um, he was second most uh, deep, deep attempts as a quarterback for qualifying quarterbacks. He had a 99 passer rating on those deep attempts. Like, you know, he's still slinging the ball. And um, I, I just I, I think he's a great quarterback and he ranked seventh in time to throw. Um, yeah, he's aging, but, you know, he's shown that he can still get the ball off quickly. And, you know, Sean Payton, it's no secret. He he runs a great offense. They hardly ever finish outside the top 10 in yards. So I'm I'm buying low on Russell Wilson while uh, the stock is low. I like that one. I think they're going to need him more this year, too, with Javante, you know, I mean, I don't know what we're getting from Javante this yeah. year, right? It's kind of uh, up in the air and, and in question. So they and they have good pass catchers, Cortland Sutton. I, they love Tim Patrick there, apparently, from everything we've heard from <laughs> yeah. the Broncos camp so far. They keep calling Tim Patrick a wide receiver one. Well, I don't know if you can put him over Sutton or Ju- I don't. Yeah, I don't. I definitely wouldn't put him over either one of those guys. But he, you know, he is. I mean. He's a high octane player. He's a character as well. So I'm sure they love the work ethic there. And then they brought in Dulkich too. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of short dump off passes as well. That'll improve Russell Wilson's numbers also. So I, I'm with that take of Russell being a nice by low. Nice. Yeah, I, I agree. I like uh, P. Ryan like stepping in for We don't know what's happening with Javante, but P. Ryan can come in. We've seen what he did with, with mixing out last season. I mean, it's Oklahoma, but yeah. I, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, hey, if I if I had to talk uh, negative about all the Alabama players, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't have a you wouldn't have a fun time. No wonder you took that bet. Uh, yeah, LSU. Yeah, yep. Or no, you yeah, you, know, you took the opposite side. You're betting against your boy Burrow, but I mean, ten a decade. I'm still taking that. Bet. Yeah, yeah, no, so. dec- a decade of anyone. So, um, but no, I agree. The there's just I think Judy's gonna have a great year too. Um, Dulcich, I'll, you'll hear him on my list a little bit later, but um, definitely uh, excited with Peyton stepping in there, see what he can do uh, to the offense. So I, I agree, right? Yeah, and then uh, for running back, I'm choosing to be a little bit more negative here. I'm going to sell high on uh, Dalvin Cook, um, someone I just traded to uh, Mike uh, a couple months back uh, in the in the conversation of, you know, is he going to get released? Is he going to get traded? Um, you know, I'm just looking to sell him on the pure hype and name recognition right now to anybody that would take him. Uh, last year, he saw a career low in, uh, in yards per carry with 4.4. 4. 
Um, you know, they, last year was his fully healthy season, yet he's coming off of a off-season shoulder surgery. So, like, I, I don't know. I just don't see him being the Dalvin Cook of old, no matter where he goes to to landing spot. So, I'm kind of out on Dalvin. I um, it th- this is a tougher one because we don't know where Dalvin is going to end up. I mean, we think he's going to end up in Miami. We think he's holding out because he, you know, is a little bit long in the tooth and doesn't want to go to training camp, but he hasn't put pen on paper yet. So, you know, there's still a possibility he ends up in uh, New York with the Jets or whatever. So I, I, you know, this one is tougher because I don't want him if he's with the Jets, but if he goes to Miami, oh, baby, you might be selling low on him, you know? So right. um, it, that and that's the thing. Also, you know, if you guys have listened to me on Fantasy Pros at all, you know, I like to work in a shorter window for dynasty, especially in startups, because I've had so many dynasty leagues fold in the first two years. You know, Fitzy likes to say that I'm being negative. I'm like, I'm just being realistic with my money, man. Like I want to win. So if it folds, I've profited from this. And if it doesn't fold, then I have my money to pay for my rebuild already. Right. You know what I mean? So I'm a guy that I like those older guys early because I want to win immediately. So, um, you know, this one is up in the air. It's a good call out because, you know, falling knife, especially with running backs. This is a guy that's had 300 touches multiple times. He's wearing down. He's an older guy. Yeah. If he ends up in New York, he's basically ring chasing with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. But if he ends up in Miami, I mean, he's still ring chasing, but he's now probably a 250 minimum touch guy there. So uh, I like him in Miami. I hate him in New York. and He's got a wide range of reasonable outcomes because we don't know where he's going to be right now. Yeah, it's this segues well into who I'm selling at running back because we do know where he's at and it is a new home and that's Miles Sanders. I think <laughs> that I can structure a negotiation around Sanders being like had, coming off a great season uh, with the Eagles last year and he is going to have every chance to produce um, in an offense that just supported, you know, Christian McCaffrey. So a lot of production for him to step into. Um, and they're going to give him that every opportunity, right? Um, so I just don't think that he's the back that can perform with that much attention. I just don't. Um, I think a lot of the Eagles offensive line last year and having so many weapons to uh, divert that attention to is why I think you step in kind of have a target on your back. The defense is keying in and scheming for you. Uh, that's a lot to are handle. Are you telling me that Thielen and Chark are not A.J. Brown and Devontae <laughs> hey, Smith? Is that what you're trying to say? Don't talk about Chark or, or Terrence Marshall. Those are, <laughs> those are, those are LSU boys. <laughs> uh, look, th- this is another uh, solid take, I think. And um, the, the thing with Miles Sanders for me is uh, I love the volume because he only has Chuba Hubbard behind him, Raheem Blackshear, who they say they like, apparently. Uh, I mean, got a lot of praise from Frank Reich after minicamp and all that stuff. But I just, no one else is touching the ball as many times as Sanders. So he is good as a high volume player, but Miles Sanders is not the guy that is on your roster. So you don't take Travion Henderson next year or whoever the top running back is going to end up being off the board. If you're in that position for Carolina, you know, um, or even drafting someone in the third round, second round and saying that guy is going to push Sanders. His talent is not at that elite level. What the good thing about, I feel like for me, for Miles Sanders taking as much carry as many carries as possible is that he makes big plays. He will snap one off 
And, you know, and I know as a Steelers fan, they threw him a screen pass. He took 60 yards, you know, so in the open field, he's dangerous. He's faster than most guys and he'll run a long way. But in between the tackles, he is a jag. He is a normal dude. And, and, you know, so it's like two yards, three yards, two yards, 15 yards. You know, it's those big explosive plays. He is good because he gets volume as a running back. I would say he's probably middle of the pack for the NFL, which is still, you know, top 20 on planet Earth. But for fantasy teams, you're uh, pretty down low. So um, I'm, I'm okay with selling Sanders as well. Yeah, yeah it, I, it actually it worked out kind of funny because I I sold Mike my running back and he sold me his. I ended up yeah. I ended up <laughs> trading for Miles Sanders and I just I just see him being that that huge volume play this year. I, I think he's going to be involved in the passing game. You know, I think uh, I think uh, Young's going to um, dump it off to him, and I I just I, I see a big season from him. But I completely understand where you're coming from that he's not that elite level to where they that doesn't make them draft another running back next year. So yeah. Like also you'd be crapping your pants if they signed Zeke. Oh yeah. You know, like you, you would hate that. Uh, I don't know why Carolina would do that. Right. But you know, someone gets cut, they pick someone up, you know, it, you, you want them to add like James Robinson, yeah. you know, you don't want them to add Fournette or Zeke. Like you yeah. want them to add someone that's clearly less talented than Miles Sanders. But yeah, that that's the thing right now. The volume is great. Next couple seasons should be fine. After that huge question mark for miles. Yeah. So for me, like that's what I, that's what makes him an attractive sell is because I know that I can sell on that production. Um, and there's going to be someone in the market that likes him. So in my mind, before he shows that he can't really support all of that, I'm going to go ahead and get, or, you know, I could look really dumb last season. I would have sold Jalen hurts and look what that would have done to me. (laughs) But I take, I, I, I take stances on guys. And he is one of them. So I'm going to sell, yeah. sell him at it. But before he kind of, you know, has that um, shows that he can or cannot produce in that role. So um, I understand that. Yeah. And, and here's another my quarterback. Um, I have a buy sell. They're in the same. Um, I, I have a quarterback theory here with Trey Lance and Brock Purdy um, mm. that I like to make juicy. Known. Because it's multi-layered. I think that Trey gets injured. Trey Lance gets injured. Garoppolo steps in. He does what Garoppolo does and wins games, uh, manages that offense really well, utilizes the talent that he has in front of them. Um, Trey Lance sits back, you know, get, gets to learn a little bit more from Garoppolo developing, uh, or just gets to learn and, and see the way that he manages that offense. But then he goes down, Purdy steps in. At this point, the 49ers know that they have a championship team. I mean, that defense was the best in the league. Uh, you brought in McCaffrey, like that team is ready to win now. So, yeah, Purdy has that game manager. Um, he has the quarterback intangibles. You saw him get Andy Dalton. Yeah, he, he's got the Andy Dalton in him, but um, he he showed that he can get Kittle involved in that just kind of take off that offense. Uh, how much how much momentum they get when, when Kittle gets involved which, you know, that, that it's a winning quarterback. Um, but anyway, so my point is a lot of that narrative last year was sold on Purdy being the guy to instill confidence for him for that playoff run. Um, well, he gets injured. He doesn't necessarily make that play in the Eagles that they would have needed him to make um, 
you know, late in the game to take you to a Super Bowl that Garoppolo proved he couldn't do, which is why they're looking to move on. Well, I think Trey Lance is the more uh, the more talented quarterback. So I think if you know he has an off season here to prove that, remind the um, remind remind the management why they drafted him number three overall, and kind of takes that role and runs with it then he's an incredibly good buy low right now. And you still have the ability to sell Purdy as a franchise quarterback. So I don't know. I think they want Lance to kind of step in there and run away with that job this summer. And I expect him to do that. I, um, so I agree with your take, but I don't think they want Trey Lance to win that job. I think Shanahan wants Purdy to be healthy and have that job because he is sick of Trey Lance getting hurt and underperforming in practices and Shanahan's got an attitude. We you know we heard about how Ayuk got in his uh doghouse a couple years ago and you know remember he was benched and they were starting like Trent Sherfield or whoever oh, ahead yeah. of him because you know whatever he did at practice whatever it was you know and so Shanahan has a little bit of that in him and it sounds like I, I start to believe more and more that the head coach and the GM John Lynch were not in uh you know they they weren't thinking the same thing when trey lance was drafted third overall but i still think as a franchise if you have trey lance and a ceiling that is so enormous with him you have to give him a real shot i know you tried to last year and it didn't work but i don't care you still have to give this guy a true shot and prove that he can't do it you gave up three first round picks for him and you're just going to throw in your seventh round Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy because he game managed six games at the end of last year for you. Like, I think Purdy is way better than all the draft community gave him credit for yeah. way better. And, and I think he's Andy Dalton, which is, you know, Andy Dalton is a, you know, he's like the, an average starting NFL quarterback. He's not as bad as the low end. He's not as good as the top end. He's never going to be a, as you know, good as that top end, but he's not going to move your bar that far down. And you surround him with playmakers like the Niners had have like we, you know, I mentioned before when I was talking about Daniel Jones, I, I think Purdy can be fine, but you know, you haven't gotten over that hump. You need something better than fine. Yeah. You better see if Trey Lance has it. That's my opinion. And I'm just not sure that Shanahan will. So I'm all for buying Trey Lance, but I think midway through this year, might be the best spot to get him because he might be third on the depth chart behind Sam Darnold because they signed Sam Darnold day one out of, out of uh, free agencies. They obviously have a plan for him. So I think they might go from Purdy to Darnold. Trey Lance is sitting way back there and people will forget about him, but there's plenty of franchises that don't have a quarterback and there's franchises that drafted quarterbacks that won't work this year. I, you know, I expect young and Stroud and Richardson all to work, but history has shown us somebody ain't going to work yeah. out of that group. Yeah. So, you know, plus you have other teams that weren't there. What are the Cardinals doing after this year? Is, are they sticking with Kyler? Are they going with somebody else? Falcons. They're going to have a bad year. What are the Falcons doing? Yeah. They're, it Maybe Pickett is a bust. There are plenty of teams that will be in the market for a quarterback. First rounders always get an extra shot. Sam Darnold's on his third shot. <laughs> so, you know, uh, I think buying Trey Lance later in the season, if he gets benched, could be good. But you're right, Mike. You might you might miss 
that window if you don't buy now yeah. if he is the starter yeah, for it, the Niners. So it's, you know, you might may pay a little more now, but you're still not paying a lot. And, and if, so I if, like it. And if you're the 49ers, if you're the 49ers quarterback with all those weapons around you, your ceiling is just so high. Like you, you could be on the trajectory in the next three years to win a Super Bowl, uh, maybe multiple. Um, so, you know, one thing I would like to say is according to Miles Sanders, Andy Dalton's a Hall of Famer. You, well, <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, look, they're football players, man. Yeah, you know, yeah. they're, they're not on the Hall of Fame committee. Yep. So, yeah, true. You, you got to talk up your teammates. Yep. You got to you got to talk him up. He's been in the league for 14 years or whatever it is, it's, you know, yeah. over a decade now at this point, isn't it? So Andy Dalton, you know, he's he's a millionaire. He's a great quarterback. He's going to be around the game for a long time. Hall of Fame, maybe as a coach. Yeah. Yeah. Give us your uh give us your wide receiver tight end who you got here. All right, I'm going to sell. I'm going to go negative. I'm going to sell Rashad Bateman. And it's not Homer. so much about the player. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, but I'll tell I tell you I would buy Zay Flowers if that makes you feel any better. Yeah, okay. I agree. But with with Rashad Bateman, it's and I know Lamar came out and said Rashad Bateman's the wide receiver one, but this is a run first team. And yes, Todd Monken is coming in. Uh, and they will pass the ball more, but this is still a run first team. They're built to run. The offensive line is running the ball. Lamar is going to run the ball. J.K. Dobbins is healthy this year. Gus Edwards is more healthy this year. This is still a run first team. So this is a team that I think is going to ratchet it back in the, you know, um, they're still going to be below average in passing attempts, I feel like. And even if they're not, Mark Andrews is the number one target. He's the number one target in Baltimore. That's not a question. If he's healthy, he's on the field. He's the first look every single time. Yeah. So, yeah, Mark Andrews is the number one. Okay, well, Bateman has been here two years. He's gotten himself in the doghouse. He got hurt last year and his rookie year, and he's still not healthy. They talked about how he wasn't doing anything because he's still, you know, um, uh, recovering from ankle surgery or whatever in minicamp in we're right up against the season, guys. So you have a first-round investment in Zay Flowers. You sign Odell Beckham, uh, and Mark Andrews is the number one target here. I, I think Bateman could be good. I think he needs to get out of Baltimore. So I think once he's out of Baltimore, he goes somewhere else. Maybe he has a resurgence. But with Baltimore, I just don't trust him. I don't trust him to be healthy, and I don't trust this offense to get him the ball enough with Mark Andrews being the number one low-volume passing offense anyway. So... I'm I'm a sell on Rashad Bateman right now because people are still expecting the breakout from him because he is he was a good college player and I think he's a good talent as a wide receiver. Yeah, but availability is the best ability and he doesn't have it. Yeah. yeah. What do you got to say, Ry? Yeah, I, I love that. Uh, you know, I think Mark Andrews is going to be the number one tight end this year. I think he's going to beat out Kelsey. And I'm really big on J.K. Dobbins. And uh, I mean, Zay Flowers is so interesting to me. I I. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I I don't see Bateman really fitting into that role as the number one receiver. Yeah, I and I agree with you said about Flowers. I pre-draft I was saying to Ryan like I really like to say Flowers guy, um, yeah. and I do think that you know I do think I like his fit with the Ravens just because um, he's a good. Seems like he's going to be a really good complement on the field to Andrews. 
Um, you know, he doesn't have, he, he, he will run some routes deep, but like he can be a guy that you just get the ball and let him make a play. And we've seen that be extremely successful with the Ravens off and that playground football that Lamar will occasionally do. I think he's much better at that role than Bateman. Yeah. Just find some space and go make a play almost like what Tyreek was doing for Mahomes. Um, so yeah, I, I do like that. I hate that I'm agreeing with all of your, uh, takes, (laughs) but I mean, you know, here we are. Yeah. Hey, look, you know, you agree with good takes. I I don't hate that. Yeah. So how Um, about a tight end? What do you got? What do you got for us at tight end the box? I'll go back to buy and it's Dalton Kincaid. And I know it's a rookie and everything, but here's why I like Kincaid. I mean, number one in the country, I think in yards per route run, according to PFF, which is my favorite statistic in terms of receiving for wide receivers and tight ends, because, you know, it's um, I think it's a good metric. If you separate it uh, on PFF, you go YPRR, you separate it, and it's like all the best wide receivers in the league are up at the top and tight ends. They're all up at the top. So I think it's a pretty good one-off measurement. But it's also just watching him and knowing this is a slot guy. This is not a guy that they're going to ask to block a ton. He is a slot receiving option. Call him a tight end. Call him a big wide receiver. Whatever it is, he's a pass catcher first. They're looking for a number two. Gabe Davis was severely disappointing last year next to Stefan Diggs. We saw Stefan Diggs act like a little crybaby a couple weeks ago because they weren't going to go after DeAndre Hopkins. They want another number two there. And I think Kincaid can do it. Tight end is a tough transition from college to the NFL. I understand that. A lot of guys fall through the cracks or they don't make it the first couple of years. I mean, Kelsey did nothing his first year. I think Kittle was fairly low on that as well in his rookie season uh, also. So, not every guy is going to be Kyle Pitts and come out and catch a thousand yards their rookie season, but I do think they're looking for a number two option. I think Kikade could be it immediately. He could push Dawson Knox into that blocking role, kind of like Harrison Bryant, David and Joku. Like, and Joku could block, so he did because Harrison Bryant couldn't, which is why we didn't see David and Joku do anything well for the last couple of years until. They started throwing him the football, which they should have done for a long time, but they're the Browns. So I think the Bills will be better at recognizing the talent on their field, and Dawson Knox is going to be your blocking tight end, and Dalton Kincaid is going to be your your slot receiving tight end, and he might end up in this Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey, uh, you know, kind of area fairly quickly, and he's going at like tight end 12 or 13 right now because he's a rookie, and I think he's a tight end one already. Yeah, I, I love Kincaid. He was one of the guys that I went and got in our rookie draft. I traded a second and third round draft pick to move up to the beginning of the second and grab him. Um, and I'm so glad that I did. Like you're saying, I, he could be that slot tight end. Um, I, I have a friend that's he hears all the news. Uh, he, he He's a diehard Bills fan. You know how the, those yeah. guys are. Um, I mean, and, if you're a Bills fan, you're a diehard. Yeah. There's no in between. Yeah. So no half step in there. He hears, so you know, he, he gets as close. He gets his ear as close to the ground as he can. And he heard that there could be some like Cole Beasley type um, routes that are run with Kincaid, just kind of like a sure handed um, slip out and get you a first town type guy. So if he sees that kind of volume as well, I mean, that's only going to make him be, you know, a trusted weapon of Josh Allen, but, you know, getting him as his rookie year for, for a long time. So, um, you know, I do have Josh Allen in dynasty as well. So that was why the, that go. second, up. that second and third made it easy for me to just say like, Hey, let me go get that stack uh, for the future and, and be happy about it. What do you think, Ryan? Yeah. I'm excited to see how this all shakes out. I mean, Dawson Knox, 
has such a connection with Josh Allen in the red zone. I mean, the guy scored 15 touchdowns over the last two seasons. Like, I he just he, Josh Allen trusts him in the red zone. So, I'm excited to see how that all shakes out um, down there where it matters. But um, yeah, I I could see him coming in and making an impact immediately. Yep. Yeah. Give us your uh, wide receiver and tight end uh, here, Ryan. Um, yeah, my my wide receiver. Uh, I'm buying low on Elijah Moore. Um, while while I still can, I don't know if I'm if I'll be able to for much longer. But I'm just betting on the talent. The guy is just crazy talented, and he's blazing fast. He's got four three speed. So um, he seems to like he's going to be heavily involved in this offense, which I project to be really good this year. Uh, the Browns are emphasizing a fast tempo uh, scheme, and you know Moore has been said to be a huge standout so far in OTAs. I'm just uh, I'm very excited about this Browns team, and I know Boggs, you're you're probably not. <laughs> uh, well, look, I I like that it's going to be a fast tempo, and I think Elijah Moore is way more talented than what he showed in New York. He got in the doghouse real fast there. Um, asked for a trade before last year, they didn't want to do it for him. Like it was more to me, it was way more off the field stuff that kept Elijah Moore from producing than on the field stuff. Cause when he was on there, I mean, we were all excited about him. And I think in 2021, he was like a top eight wide receiver the last month or whatever it was. So everyone had him on the sleeper board going into last year. And then he just fell flat on his face. Cause he didn't agree with the new coaching staff and all that stuff. So, you know, it's been a tough look for him for a couple of years, but what is a Browns fast paced offense? They move faster so they can hand it off to Nick Chubb four more times a game. I mean, you know, Nick Chubb is the number one. Amari Cooper is the number two. So at best, Elijah Moore is number three in a run heavy offense. So I'm not as excited as, uh, in him for this year, but Amari Cooper's old. And if Elijah Moore uh, comes on, he could easily be the number one wide receiver in this offense as early as next year. So for the long term, I do like Elijah Moore and he's cheap right now. So he's definitely worth an investment. So I, you know, almost like in K2, like maybe don't expect the world to open up for both of those guys, Kincaid and Moore in year one but you're buying for the long term here. That's why you're buying Elijah Moore. They invested in him. They traded for him. They think he's good, and he could end up being the number one wide receiver in this offense if Amari Cooper slips or they cut him or whatever uh, should happen with him. He's getting older, but right for 2023, I would say he's probably third uh, in terms of uh, getting targets and touches. Yeah, Mike, how do you feel about that? I know you're pretty big on Elijah Moore. I just like that he is getting to a new like he's got that rebirth. Him and Watson both are kind of coming in and looking for this like next phase of their career to, um, you know, make a make a name for themselves and almost have that rebirth together. So I think they're gonna. I think they have, from what we've been told, developed a little bit of chemistry already. Um, you know, Watson's gonna. Uh, when he was healthy in Houston, he was a top five quarterback. Will he get to that? We're going to find out. Um, definitely a tough division to do it in. Um, you know, historically, that's a pretty defensive division, but uh, you do have uh, Ravens are going to put up some points. So are so are the Bengals. So I, I think it should be fun. It's certainly going to be like my favorite division to watch, I think, all yeah. season. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, and for my tight end, I am going to be buying low on Cole Komet. 
Okay. Um, a bit of a Homer take here, but you and Bogsy, the homers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I just, I, I love what I saw from Cole Komet last year and especially from Justin Fields towards the end of the season. Um, you know, Cole Komet finished as the number seven tight end on an offense that led the league in rushing percentage with 56. Um, you know, he displayed some promising chemistry with Fields down the stretch. Uh, he scored seven touchdowns over the last 10 games. Uh, he's 24 years old and he hasn't missed a single game since being drafted. So, you know, talk about consistency and trustworthiness there. Um, you know, I, obviously there's more target competition with DJ Moore coming in. He's going to be the number one, but I'm not too worried about it. I think Cole Komet's going to have a great year and form a nice connection with Justin Fields for the future. I don't know how you guys feel about that. I'm in the middle on Komet. Um, I will say that stat that you pulled out, I loved. Uh, what was it? Seven touchdowns in the last 10 games, or was it 10 touchdowns in the last seven, seven games? Seven touchdowns in the last 10 games. I mean, that is what you're buying from Komet, is uh, red zone targets and touchdowns. Because, yeah, the yards probably aren't going to be there. Although they should be throwing the ball more this year uh, without David Montgomery. And you have you know this menagerie of uh, a bunch of maybes at running back menagerie, right? that's a nice so, way to put it menagerie <laughs> yeah i mean you just have these three guys that could all be the same dude yeah. like i would it it would not be shocking to me if one of these guys roshan deontay foreman or herbert had 150 more touches than the other two guys because they just broke out but i also would not be surprised if they were all within 15 touches of each other so i just don't know how that's going to work out it's a big sloppy mess so you have mooney who's fine i would say he's a nice wide receiver three you have claypool who i mean i don't know what the bears were doing trading for claypool last year i know you're still mad about that yeah that's a rough one um i loved it obviously but uh you know you can have claypool but i mean dj moore is a big threat here but we want commit to get in the end zone so if they're passing the ball more and this offense looks better which how could it not after last year uh, i think commit is still a nice touchdown threat and still a tight end one moving forward and like you said he just always reminded me of greg olson i i felt like cole Komet coming out which is a high bar to compare a tight end to i understand that but i think that's the type of potential he has so we'll see if he gets there uh but yeah they gotta they gotta throw the ball more to him and dj Moore ain't gonna help that so yeah that's why i say i'm kind of i'm probably at ecr on Komet. so i'm not like going out of my way but that's also because there is so much talent at tight end right now. I just feel like it's fairly deep. So you might be able to get Komet on the real cheap right now before he has a big breakout year. So I think I'm on board overall with this take. Nice. Mike, what do you think? Uh, I do like Komet as well. I mean, if he could even sniff Greg Olson, as you mentioned, then that's yeah. a great buy. Um, I am someone that likes to give Ryan shit about the bears. Cause he is such a Chicago, just thick accent, just loves the bears as bears. Oh, no way. So, so <laughs> what used to be the monsters of the midway are now the menagerie of maybes. I, I mean, I'm going to be using that. <laughs> That's a good, going one, to be uh, using, a good one. I am going that needs to be on a shirt. Yeah. I will be using that. Um, but yeah, I like Komet. I, I don't need to say much more there. I think the Bears are going to improve. I am a believer in in Fields. Um, DJ Moore to me was an awesome. He's he's always been an awesome wide receiver, and I just want to see it work with him somewhere. So I'm excited to see that offense take a step. And Komet should be could be that number two receiving target. So hey, DJ, you go from a run first quarterback with Cam Newton 
to a run first quarterback with Justin Fields. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm, yeah. I hope I'm, he can throw the ball better. I mean, I think he. They just need to give him that opportunity. Can. I think he can. He's well. at Ohio State. Yeah. He was a great passer. Yeah. And, yeah. and their their last year, uh, Trevor Lawrence had more rushing yards than yeah. Justin Fields because they trusted him to throw the ball so much. Yeah. So yeah, I, Fields is definitely. I mean, he looks so bad. And Ryan, you'll admit this. Those first six weeks, I was like, is this an NFL quarterback? Yeah. It, he looks so bad. It, it gave me a lot but of the reservations. last 10, holy crap, he turned it on. And I know against Pittsburgh, he was the whole game. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm a buyer on field. I was, sure. I was at that Redskins game. Uh, it was at home against the Commanders. Sorry. At, in Chicago against the Commanders, it got a little cold, and they were so bad. Like, I think it was a Thursday night. It was Thursday night game too. And they were Thursday night games are bad. So, yeah, they were, they were so bad. And after that game walking out, I was like, man, that could have been it for fields. And then it snapped out of nowhere. They just let him, you know, open up and run more. And he just took off and it was incredible. Yeah, you can't, you cannot restrict a guy like that. If a guy is a high level athlete, let him be the high level athlete yeah. that he is. Don't restrict him. That's stupid and counterproductive. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, they, they let him open up and he did. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I'm excited to see what happens this year. I'm all on board and, uh, I I'm really hoping that this works out for Chicago. Really, really hope it's open yeah. far, uh, far Rogers is out. Yeah. Far van Rogers are out. So you got a shot now. Uh, the, the, the division's open for everybody. It's open for business. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm going to be quick. I am going to, I'm a, I'm a buyer on Dulcich. Uh, we already kind of talked about it, so I'll be quick there. I mean, I just think that offense as a whole takes a step forward. Dulcich was a incredible talent in, in college and, Russell Wilson, Sean Payton like to get the tight end in the mix. Um, not threatened by Adam Troutman. <laughs> I am not threatened by Adam Troutman. Yeah, no. um, you know, ju- I was so high on stupid Troutman and that did not work out at all. I thought he's gonna be so good, but I did think it was interesting that Payton brought him back over uh, to Denver, but yeah. he's not. Lock- Dolkich is way better. Locker room so. guy. No. Yeah. Dolkich's talent is just, you know, it, it, look at his highlight. I always say, look at his college highlights. If you need to get pumped on Dulcich, like just get him the ball yeah. and let him go. Um, so I'm excited about him, but my, I think my set, my wide receiver cell is going to be a little bit controversial. And it's, it's also like, uh, that Sanders it's, it, I'm selling DK Metcalf right now. Um, and honestly, just because I want to sell the Seahawks wide receiving room, and he mm. is your highest, um, you know, he has your highest ADP. Probably you're going to get the most for him. I am not a Gino guy. I just am not. I, I think last season was an anomaly. He hates Gino. I he really do. Um, so <laughs> as you're seeing, you know, uh, as you're seeing a huge step forward from um, from Russell this year, I think you're going to see that inverse with Gino, that re- regression to the mean. Um, so. I'm out on Gino. I don't think that he can support three highly successful wide receivers. I think JSN may be the best talent when it all comes down to it. Physically, DK, you know, hasn't beat. But anyways, I think I can get a lot for DK right now. Um, Seahawks fans got to be excited coming into the season with all those weapons. I just think it's going to be a flop with Geno Smith there. You know, what's funny is uh, Welsh and I just did uh, a bus show last week, and he said, out of all the bus that I chose to pick one, 
and my pick was Geno Smith. Love it. I love <laughs> so it. So I and now now well, I'm going to disagree with you, DK Metcalf, but I do agree with Geno Smith uh, because look, Geno Smith had a decade to prove himself, and he didn't do it. And then you know the Seahawks knew they're in a rebuild when they traded Russell Wilson, and it just worked out. You know, Geno worked out, and because he was so good, that bad defense was not on the field as much as it was the year before. They couldn't get exposed. They were gassed up when they came on the field, and everything works better when your QB is working. So if that doesn't work this year, why do you think, like, everyone talks about JSN. JSN is a great pick, and Tyler Lockett is long in the tooth and, and, and all that stuff. So JSN is a great pick. I'm not knocking that pick, but everyone is talking about JSN, and no one is talking about Charbonnet. And Charbonnet is a good running back. I think Kenneth Walker is better. I think he's a better running back, a breakaway in between the tackles. I, I think just Walker's a better guy. Charbonnet's big, though. Charbonnet could easily get those goal line carries, and this could turn in to a run-first offense if Geno struggles the first month out. They, they can do it. Yes, they, they have been like, I think they were 27th in rush attempts last year, 19th and 23rd or something over the last three years. But the two previous years before that, when Russell was hurt and struggling and all that, second, third. So Pete Carroll is not afraid to adjust his offense to whatever is working. He's not afraid to put in the player that plays better, right? Matt Flynn, they signed for a jillion dollars and they ended up starting Russell because Russell was better. And so Pete Carroll, it's all, as Tony Romo would call it, a meritocracy. You will merit your play. And if Geno is not good enough, they'll go run first. The reason I disagree with DK Metcalf, though, is that in Dynasty, that ain't going to be forever. And DK Metcalf is, you know, to me, he's like the next Mike Evans. And Mike Evans is a touchdown guy. I think DK is a touchdown guy. Physically, he's built up. And, I mean, you know, Evans made it work with guys like Josh McCown and stuff like that. I think DK, you know, if you just throw the ball up to him, he's coming down with it. So he's still he's still a guy that I think is going to be supremely talented and at least like a wide receiver two floor, even with stupid Drew Locke in there if he is if he does show up. So um, yeah. I st I'm still in on DK, but I love the Geno Smith take. Yeah, I just honestly wanted to trash Geno and like. <laughs> Any chance he, just, he gets, any chance he gets, he's just <laughs> dogs um, him. Well, also, like, I just don't know, like, they don't have that next guy yet. So if he doesn't have, you know, if that quarterback room isn't solved in the next three years, then I just like what I'm going to be able to get from DK. Again, what I can sell him for. Um, so anyways, I could take those assets and apply them other places on my team and be pretty confident. So that's kind of my stance there. Yeah. I mean, you know, the Seahawks, the way I feel about Gino, it's, it's hard to argue with the facts. Like he played well last year and he just got more weapons. Like it's yeah. to me, it's hard to envision him, um, you know, taking a step back with getting one of the best wide receivers as a prospect and then arguably one of the best running backs too behind Bijan. Like I love the Charbonnet. Just envision any season that wasn't last year with Gino. Yes, yes, yeah. no, uh, absolutely. You know. But he <laughs> but it's it's the same situation as last year, plus better weapons. So like to me, yeah. it just it um I'm I'm not betting on on the downfall of, of Gino just yet. I think he's got another good season left in him. Yeah, well, well, the beauty beauty of fantasy football is we're gonna see all of our takes play out, right? Yep. Um, Some of and, them are gonna be bad. Yeah, it's just the way it is. Yeah, you know. Well, 
thank you. Uh, you know, we, we've definitely, uh, you're, you seem like one of those guys that we can sit here and talk football to for oh literally <laughs> ever. You better cut um, me off. So we'll talk for another hour. Yeah. So, so. we need to, you know, we're going to wrap this up. Thank you so much for being our first guest. We, uh, I I'm speaking for the podcast for both of us, but I, I think we both had a great time talking to you. Um, you know, thanks for your time and your generosity of, uh, kind of just giving us a shot. Um, so, of course. um, yeah, I, uh, Ryan, what else? Uh, no, yeah, we're, we're just, we're, we're honored to have you on and, uh, we appreciate, um, you sharing all your, um, thoughtful insights with us and, um, uh, you know, we hope, uh, to see you again sometime soon. Uh, before yeah. the All right. No time. more compliments. <laughs> Th- thank you guys. I can't take them. Uh, th- thank you guys for having me on. I, I, I uh, completely appreciate it. And thank you for thinking of me first. And, yeah. you know, of course, I, I don't know if Dan helped with that at all. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I love Dan, I love Brewski and anything for the guys over at sports ethos and they, they know what they're doing. They got two good hosts here. So I appreciate you guys having me on and, you know, just hit me up. I would love to come on again. So thank you for having me. Absolutely. Now that the lighting in this room has moved to this, <laughs> I know. I'm going to tell some ghost stories. So if you just want to <laughs> stick around. <laughs> oh man. Uh, All right, man. That lasts like 10 minutes. You I do look like you're laughing. fading to black. Yeah. 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 yeah you, you, you definitely need a, uh, yeah. Uh, so, something to cover up that window. Or something. <laughs> yeah. So. It's all, it's all good. Thanks for coming on, man. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. All right, folks, we wanted to take this time to uh, mention uh, about a nice little deal we got going on at Sports Ethos. Uh, this is a very special time because we have officially launched our NFL draft guide for the 2023 fantasy season. It already has more than 60 pieces of content on it, including massive team breakdowns, rankings, and we're aiming to have more than 200 features before all is said and done. And right now, you can get the fantasy pass for the ridiculous rate of just $4 a month. And you can find that at sportsethos.com. Yeah, um, I think there's been some work from some of the brightest uh, uh, fantasy minds that have put that together. I mean, there's tier lists, there's mock draft coverage, um, the wide receiver running back reports that Ryan alluded to. So make sure you uh, go on sportsethos.com, check out the NFL draft guide. Uh, It's going to help you win your leagues and how can you pass up for $4? So uh, go and get it and you'll you know best it's going to be the best bang for buck uh here in the industry so yeah it's kind of a no-brainer you want to win your league go check out the fantasy sports draft guide check it out all right well uh that about wraps it up uh for this episode uh we had a great time with uh scott bogman and man just buckle up it's gonna get it's gonna get bumpy right over here in the next couple weeks as uh draft season is approaching with redraft and uh It's going to get a lot more fun than these dynasty rankings, that's for sure. Buckle up.